0: You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM with Kieran Najla, and we are speaking to Dr. Zafar Adil. He is a professor of professional practice, School of Sustainable Energy Engineering at SFU. We talked about how one of the biggest climate reports ever shows that time is running out. The United Nations report released on Monday is a culmination of more than six years of work by thousands of climate scientists contributing to the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, which talk about what this report means and what role we play. Dr. Adil, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Well, I'm here and It's a pleasure to be here with you today.
0: What is the significance of this report?
1: Well, on the one side, this sixth assessment report uh, kind of confirms what we already know that, you know, there's weather and climate extremes which are taking place as a result of changing climate patterns. But there are some alarming bits uh, coming out from here as well. Uh, if you go back to 2015, where all the uh, all, all the political leaders gathered in Paris, and they agreed that they will try to constrain the uh, the change in temperature to 1.5 degrees uh, Celsius compared to the pre-industrial period. Now we are being told that it's very likely that that will not happen. We will go beyond that. And it's also quite likely that by the end of this century we might actually also exceed 2 degrees Celsius. Uh, and, and that will have Quite drastic impacts uh, as you as you increase that temperature variability. Uh, On an average, it results in some extreme uh, events in different locations in the world.
0: And what can people, especially maybe they're not following this issue very closely and they want to know more. But what should they take away from this report?
1: Well, I I think it's useful to bring it home to how these climate extremes are impacting us. And, And if I look at the example of uh, British Columbia, just in the last couple of years, uh, we've seen uh, the heat dome in uh, 2021. We've seen the long-term drought in 2022, which are both uh, quite unusual. Uh, in the heat dome, we saw temperatures going up to uh, over 40 degrees Celsius, which is very rare for uh, for British Columbia. And, and we've had also the extreme flooding in uh, November of 2021. These are not just abstract concepts. These are uh, outcomes which are going to impact our day-to-day lives. And the the forecast that's coming out from this report is that as the uh, as we emit more greenhouse gases, as the uh, temperatures on average go higher, uh, we will see uh, more and more of these extreme events taking place. And and I think. They actually underlined what i found interesting is that the generations which are born born in 2020s will be reaching their 70s by the end of this century and they will be seeing some really extreme uh outcomes of of uh you know of this climate change and that means that we must make all the efforts now to uh, to not lead to that outcome
0: And I think, Dr. Adil, what's been really, I think, hard and something I think we've all noticed is they talk about, of course, and they stress the importance of, you know, phasing out fossil fuels and how there are a lot of innovations that have been created that, you know, governments should consider in order, you know, to keep our Earth clean, the climate clean and everything okay so we can continue to live on this planet. But yet, like, you see certain projects that are being approved and they totally go against this report altogether. So what do you think is like holding people back? Because like you said, in BC, we've seen examples of climate change in our backyard. Even this morning, there was just a story about how many farmers are concerned that they aren't going to get the same amount of crops that they usually do. Yet the policy looks very different. What do you think of that?
1: Yeah, I think in some ways, uh, there are uh, some some vested interests uh, from different, uh, for example, uh sector based lobbies uh fossil fuel industry as an example uh, which stand to benefit from continuing with the with the current uh way of operating and, and not really look at different uh, different options uh and sometimes there are other uh political philosophies which also make it difficult for people to accept what the challenges are and how to address them uh, so so i think there's a bit of that there's also i think a a fair uh fraction of, of people, uh, both in general public and in political, political leadership, who are uh, not fully informed of what the consequences are of inaction or of not investing effectively. Uh, and I think this support most uh, certainly speaks to those people who are uh, perhaps not really well aware of the consequences. I, I think those who are on the, the other extreme who, who just think that climate change is a hoax, I don't think this report is going to make any difference on, on their perspectives. Uh, so if we can change uh, that that fraction and add, add it to uh, those who already are committed to uh, making action to address climate change, I think we, we will start to see significant uh, benefits uh, coming out from, from those, those kind of activities. I think one sort of bright spot uh, in, the, in the report that I noticed was that it, it mentions that a number of the mitigation options for reducing greenhouse uh, gas uh, emissions, things like solar energy, wind energy, uh, electrification of urban uh, systems, urban green infrastructure, uh, etc. these are becoming much more cost-effective and they are being supported by the public. And, and that's globally, and we certainly see that here in British Columbia as well that, that there is increasing public support and they are, these options are more cost effective as well.
0: And Dr. Adil, like, what would be your advice, especially for people who are feeling like they want to do something, they want to be very much involved in this issue? And, you know, you see a report like this with headlines saying, hey, we don't have a lot of time, which can give people a lot of anxiety. What are ways that people can contribute positively and say, hey, you know what, I want to have an impact. I want to do something about this issue.
1: Well, first of all, I, I think uh, it's important to emphasize that there is actually a lot that can be done both at the individual level and at the level of Governments at different levels to actually make an impact. I'm an internal optimist, and I think that we will actually uh, get out from from under these kind of uh, you know extreme outcomes that that we uh, that we see emerging. Uh, so, what can people do? Uh, first, uh, they need to inform themselves uh, of what the issues are and, and you know how things can be done better. And if they Gain that knowledge that will lead to hopefully better consumption patterns. Uh, so, being very mindful of the carbon footprint of things we purchase, uh, be more conservative. Uh, you know, recycle and reuse um, uh, more more items, and so that we are not a, a an excessively consumption based society. Mm. There is also actions that the public can bring as a pressure on the political leadership to do more. Um, as we saw in the last federal election, uh, climate change was a significant issue. And, uh, you know, if I were to look into the crystal ball, I would say maybe future elections uh, in, in Canada are also going to contain climate change as a as a significant uh, deciding element. So we as an individual can, can uh, sort of bring our uh, perspectives and knowledge to bear on that political process as well.
0: I like that you're optimistic because Dr. Adil, when we talk about this issue, it gets people, a lot of people nervous and stressed. So knowing that they have a part to play is super important. And Dr. Adil, before I let you go, do you sometimes find too that people may look at this report and sometimes they feel like, okay, once again, they're saying, we only have so much time left. And you kind of keep seeing the messages play over and over again. Do you sometimes think people just go, okay, well, it is what it is, kind of a thing. Right.
1: Yeah. and, And I think, uh, Part of the responsibility also lies with media to actually convey the the messages correctly and not over-exaggerate what, what the possible outcomes would be, because there is a bit of an alarmism sometimes that, that you see in the news coverage, and that's what leads to anxiety uh, for, for a lot of people. Uh, so I, I think to really describe what the options are and to... Um, point to success stories and there's no shortage of that around the world. Uh, Particularly, I think we see a lot of interesting success stories happening at the city level and a lot of the municipal governments are being very proactive in uh, addressing climate change. And and I I think that's where our hope lies, that you you see a much more grassroots level response. So, yeah, like you said, uh, I'm an optimist. I'm, I'm hoping that that optimism conveys out to others who are listening to this uh, broadcast and to also they to to encourage them to go out and look at what solutions are out there that, that they can benefit from right away.
0: Dr. Adil thank you so much for your time and your insights on this report really appreciate it you take care.
1: Thank you much. and it's a pleasure talking to you.
0: We just spoke to Dr. Zafar Adil, a professor of professional practice, School of Sustainable Energy Engineering at SFU. We talked about one of the biggest climate reports ever shows that time is running out. The United Nations report released on Monday was a culmination of more than six years of work by thousands of climate scientists contributing to the United Nations Intergovernment Panel on Climate Change and what role we can play to tackle this issue. Stay with us here on Spice Radio, 1200 AM.